Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody. And it's a beautiful morning across at least the big part of Texas that I can see when I look out the window. It's gorgeous. Zeus the dog and I went out for a walk this morning. And oh my goodness, it was cool and brisk and Zeus was excited and I was excited for the gardeners of Texas. This is just a great time of year, isn't it? It's the time that we wait for through all those nasty days of the summer. We're here to talk about gardening. Is there anything else going on outside today? An eclipse? Oh my goodness. Now, how are we going to uh, compete against an eclipse? wonder if we'll have anybody call the, the total eclipse. Well, it's an annular eclipse and uh, the, uh, the, the maximum will be right at the end of this program. You suppose we'll have anybody take your radio outside with you, for goodness sakes. Take your phone. Now you're going to be using that to take pictures, aren't you? Oh, uh, come on. Give me some calls. The garden guy here is going to be desperate for phone calls today. Have a little mercy. Take a little time. Give me a call. Call now at least. And if I have to do a monologue, let it be at the end of the program. You bet. As soon as I finish with this program, Jared Taylor, who is running the boards for me and answering the phones for me, we're both going to sprint for the door. We want to see it too. And uh, we'll be able to see it right after the maximum. So that's good. But uh, let's talk gardening for the time being. That phone number to call, it's toll-free anywhere you can hear me. Yes, you see, we are live radio. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. I've had a long and rough week, and I don't want to do a monologue all day today. I'd like to do a dialogue, and you being part of that dialogue. 888-256-1080. Let's talk about how your landscape looks now after a couple of brutal summers and a couple of brutal winters and, I don't know, whatever else is in between. So give us a call. I'll just give that number, and this will be the, uh, the the number program today, 888-256-1080. Call me right now, won't you please, and we'll talk about gardening. This is, after all, a wonderful time for landscaping and gardening, and, and we can talk about why it is and, and what you can get done at this time of year. Um, I'll just I'll begin with that because... There are some things that are better done right now than almost any other time of the year. Get into a garden center right now and you'll see some merchandise on closeout. Uh, they're, they're winding on down for this year. They don't want to carry plants through the wintertime because they know that people are less likely to go in and buy shrubs and trees when they're either bare or when it's cold outside or whatever. And therefore, they just as soon sell them to you now at a discount as to have to take care of them over the winter, especially if it gets cold. Those plants will be fine in your landscape. In the ground, they're not so easy to care for if they're sitting on, on, a, on a floor of concrete uh, pavement in a, in a garden center. And so therefore, they can sell them to you and, and bring in new stock in the spring. And, you know, it's the thing if you have ever been in the business world, it's called cash flow. They'd rather get a little cash now and then buy new plants come springtime. But this is the time. This is my preferred time to do landscaping. I planted a bunch of stuff about, uh, it's been about three weeks ago. Fall is for planting. And uh, so I encourage you to plant now because things that are planted now will have all fall, the rest of the fall, all winter and all spring to get established before summer rolls around. Summers are, are challenging time. So fall is best for that. 
Uh, it's also a time when the plants that you buy at the garden center probably are going to be larger than the comparable plants in the spring. They may be sale priced. You'll have an easier time to get help in the fall than you will in the spring because everybody else who didn't hear this message today is going to be out there just uh, uh, knee deep in, in people trying to get help in the spring on that busy Saturday. And you can get a lot of help uh, anytime, Saturday or otherwise. This time of year, you can talk to the the top uh, person in the nursery this time of year. So these are reasons that fall is the best time for landscaping. The one exception, you've heard me say this maybe before, is I would not plant things that you know are a little bit tender in your area to the winter cold. Those you do want to plant in the spring, but otherwise you really don't have much business planting those anyway. Uh, those you'd want to wait and plant in the spring and don't plant very many of them. Uh, if you, if you, where I live uh, yeah, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, gardenias are notoriously tender. And uh, so we wouldn't want to plant those in any great number and certainly wouldn't want to plant them in the fall. Uh, March or April would be a better time for those. But for all the other, 95% of our plants fall is, is the preferred time. All right, we have a call from Chris in College Station. We'll go to Chris in just a moment. Let me get my first break out of the way. You too can join the... Uh, the, uh, the queue, if you'd like, at 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening is my book, and I have it on sale. And uh, I have put it on sale for two reasons, one of them being uh, I mentioned about two months ago that I was trying to help my wife finish off her uh, her uh, spring election re-election campaign for school board in our hometown of McKinney. And that was a successful re-election, but it did cost more than usual because politics got involved. Good gosh, for school boards. But anyway, it is what it is. And, and she got herself re-elected and all the bills came due and we got them all paid. So that's done. I had a second project I needed to work on and I'll, I'll share with you in, in a short while what that is, uh, probably in the next week or two. But uh, in the meanwhile, uh, I've left it on sale for a little while longer. That's good news for you and it's good for me as well. This may be the only gardening reference book that you will need for Texas. It's a hardback, 344 pages, 840 photographs, mine, my photos. It was I chose to have it printed in Texas by Clear Visions in San Antonio. It has 11 chapters that cover lawns, landscapes, some trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, uh, also uh, fruit and vegetables, the whole works. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. And chapter two is a 48 page calendar that tells you when to do all the important tasks in your landscape and garden. You get all of that, those 344 pages and all those photos in a hardback book that is uh, uh, applicable to every one of the 254 counties of Texas. Satisfaction guaranteed, I'll sign your copy. You get all of that for only $34.95 for a limited time. And uh, there are only two ways you can buy the book because it's not in stores and it's not on Amazon. If it had gone that route, either of those routes, it would have cost probably $20 more. But if you buy it directly from my website or by calling my office, it's only $34.95. Satisfaction guaranteed or a full refund. Now here is the uh, here is the the phone number to my office. This is for weekdays, nine to five, eight hundred seven five two grow, eight hundred seven five two four seven six nine. 
The better way to buy it, though, is to order it off the website, and that is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I want to tell you about the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, specifically their certification program. You say, well, what is that? And I say to you, it's a very long-term established program where the men and women of TNLA take a, a, a study for many, many hours over a many, many week period, and they take a comprehensive exam that proves that they really know what they're talking about. They are the, the standard of excellence in the nursery industry. You will find them at independent retail garden centers, nurseries, and supply houses. Uh, they know the best plants, the best products, and they offer the best service that any industry can possibly provide. That's Texas Certified Nursery Professionals and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. This program has been around for about 40 years, and I have loved watching it grow and develop. So you want to shop where you see the name badges and the emblems of certified nursery and landscape professionals, I might add, and certified uh, master certified nursery professionals. These are only at member nurseries of the great Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much and welcome you back to our uh, program here every Saturday, a little after 11 until a little before noon. We go to Chris in College Station. Chris, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, I, told you? Your, I told your associate that I've got uh, trouble with cedar trees. I guess they're technically junipers. And as you know, it's been a long, hot summer, long, hot, dry summer. And our biggest cedar tree had a branch turn brown several weeks ago. We started trying to water it, then the whole tree turned brown. Well, some of the other cedar trees showed some of the same symptoms, and so then we started aggressively watering them, and it would appear that we have limited the branches turning brown, and I guess ultimately my question is, is this a drought thing, or is this a tree got weak and some sort of insect or blight came in? And is are we doing hang the on, right Chris. thing? Hang, hang on just a second. I want you to give yes. me your last half of that last sentence. Uh, so apparently uh, is this, and then from that point on, it, it got garbled on me. Ask the last okay. part of your question again. Uh, is watering going to help? aggressive watering or is this a blight or an insect type thing because some others had the problem and you watered thoroughly now pick it up from there okay well it would appear that the aggressive watering seems to have slowed the branches turning brown but i don't know if if that's just because we got rain recently and so I'm, I'm looking for some guidance. All right. I think I can give you guidance based on uh, a trip that my wife and I made to Houston this week. Um, I, I didn't go through College Station, had hoped to, but ran out of time. Um, in as much as that's my home, hometown where I grew up and I was looking forward to spending a little time with some friends. But um, 
the uh, uh, cedars, the eastern red cedar, you're right, it's Juniperus virginiana. I saw hundreds of them uh, that have died from the drought. A uh, lot of yopons also, and even some post oaks, uh, and many uh, loblolly pines along Interstate 45 and within landscapes uh, in the Houston area, and magnolias, plants that I never would have expected to have died from drought, especially in having grown up in College Station, I allow myself to say this, in, uh, in humid Southeast Texas. Uh, so I don't think there's any question that what you saw is, is drought related. Your watering helped, but nothing helps like a good one or two inch rain and then another one and then another one. But that's, okay. I'm pretty sure that's what's happened. Well, as you, I know that you know what the characteristics of College Station city water is. We've used a mix of yes. city water through the hose and we catch rainwater. And so we've sort of mixed it up. Do you think that we should just solely try to pour rainwater on it, not rely on the city water? And of course, we only have a limited supply of city uh, of rainwater, and so we didn't want to use it all at once. Yeah, I I grew up in uh, in College Station, lived there twenty years, and then then moved away. Have never been back to live but I've been back many times over the ensuing, well, it's been 50 years. Um, and this is the, the last couple of years, well, 2011, and then uh, the last two years have been the first times that I've ever seen a drought severe enough to kill native plants in College Station. Native right. plants of this size, of this nature. Right. Uh, 2011 was equally bad. and and. So I don't think you have to worry about that as being a, a forevermore kind of a deal. It's been a, a cycle like the 1950s were, uh, the Dust Bowl. I think you'll be I think you'll be okay. You're not going to be able to collect enough rainwater to keep a big tree going. Uh, you're going to have right. to use the high sodium city water. One of okay. the things that happens when you have uh, have a lot of sodium in water is you you water with it. And then it will redissolve some of that sodium and, and it will leach out. If you think there's too much sodium causing problems with your plants, you can use gypsum uh, to replace the sodium with calcium and, and, and relieve the problem short-term. I, I can't tell you how much to apply or how to do it. I'll leave that to your research. That kind of okay. depends on a, a situation by situation, but it can be done. But uh, anyway, I, I don't think you're going to have to worry about this with big eastern red cedars normally. I mean, of, right. of the several, I don't know how, I didn't count the ones I saw that had died uh, in driving around. Uh, there were probably scores, if not hundreds, but I also passed thousands and thousands and thousands of them that didn't die. So, you know, it's, it, it was one of those deals. Okay. Have you have you got a, a moment yeah. for one other quick question? Uh, apparently, I have many moments. <laughs> I don't have okay. any other calls behind you. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> At another property in College Station, there's been a lot of erosion around the property, and it's yopon and underbrush. The roots have been ex on this underbrush have been exposed for years. At my house, we're drowning in potting soil. 
could I safely take some of that potting soil and try to place it over the exposed roots at this other property without causing any uh, leading to other problems? Okay, uh, what do you mean by drowning in potting soil? You just have a lot of extra potting soil. Oh, on hand. we've got a lot. Is that is that basically it? Yes, we're you just you just have a lot of potting soil access to a lot. Okay, that's correct. And what kinds of plants are what kind of plants are you going to be covering? What roots are you going to be covering? Yopon, scrub trees. There's some post oaks, but I know not to put more soil over the roots or around the drip line of a of a post oak but it's just miscellaneous gotcha. stuff okay. around the property I got you and I, I forgot you had mentioned yeah i forgot you had mentioned the yopon i don't think the potting soil is going to help if you've had erosion it's going to erode with the first uh, uh four inch rain you get it'll be gone uh okay. you probably need native uh, topsoil from that area that would really be better anyway if you can get some topsoil to put back over the yopons and the other, I'll use your term, scrubs. Um, right. And good for you for thinking about the post oaks. It's all right generally to, to replace soil that you're sure. I, let me say this very poignantly to you and, and most especially looking over your shoulder to the less informed behind you who don't know what I'm talking about. It's always okay on post oaks to replace soil that you're sure has eroded. But Chris, I'm gonna tell you that there are a thousand people who think soil has eroded uh, when roots have come up out of the soil, when in reality, that's not erosion, that's just roots getting bigger. And they're right. gonna put soil over those roots to conceal them and they're gonna kill their trees doing that. You know better than that guy can tell by talking to you. But right. they don't, and so I don't want them putting soil over post oak roots. Post oaks, okay. and, and, and humor me on this one, I, I'm gonna tell you something but I'm not talking to you, basically. I'm talking to the, everybody that doesn't know post oaks very well. This is a tree that is native to much of the central third of, of Texas. Quercus stellata is the most cantankerous tree. Chris already knows this. Most cantankerous tree that we have in our landscapes. Nurserymen don't sell it because they don't want to have it on their conscience. Um, it is waiting for a reason to die. As soon as you do anything to... Uh, alter its root system by cutting its roots to put in a water line or by putting any soil over the roots, you're going to kill the tree. It's just going to pop right. and die right there a year later. And so that's why he's being so cautious. But if it, back to your question, if, if you have those roots and you can see that there has been obvious erosion, you could put soil on. I'd probably still do it gingerly. And okay. I don't know how, how, uh, uh, well trained you are in arboriculture forestry um if if you're really well uh, steeped in that then then maybe you could all accomplish it all at once but but be okay. careful i just I will. get scared about post oaks okay very good i appreciate you taking my call this morning i love the call i'm glad you called good luck with it all thank you sir very good have thank a good you, day oh you bet all right so the score is now uh Eclipse, everything, Neil, nothing. I have no calls. I'm not embarrassed. I mean, I. it's one thing to go against a football game. I get that. I'm going against a God event of an eclipse. <laughs> so I'm not going to win that one. 888-256-1080. If you happen to be standing out there with a 35-millimeter camera and, and your protective lenses, by the way, people, 
Save your eyes, people. Come on. If you happen to have your phone with you and you want to ask a garden question while you do all that time-lapse stuff and you have time and you want to call, it's 888-256-1080. I've been doing garden radio for 47 years now. I have never been opposite an eclipse. So, uh, let's see how it goes. Not going well. 888-256-1080. I'll take my chances. I've, I've had some odd situations. This is an odd situation. Fertilone. Fertilone Company, I am so proud to tell you about Fertilone. This is a Texas-based company. And when I was growing up, every nursery I went in, that was what you saw. Because, and it still is when you go into independent retail garden centers. Do you know what an independent retail garden center is? That's one where you can go in and talk to the owner or the manager because it's locally owned. Um, it's not a national chain, a big box store, so to say. This is an independent garden center. They make their own decisions. They buy their own products. And uh, Fertilome and High Yield are products that are, uh, it's, it's owned by the, by the association. By, well, anyway, let me, let me get to my ad. This is for Fertilome Winterizer Fertilizer. A well-fed, healthy lawn can better endure the hardships of winter, so prepare it soon with Fertilome Winterizer for established lawns. A number of years ago, Fertilome used the findings of local university studies, gee, I wonder where that might have been, to design this winterizer product specifically for Texas. I'm getting a clue there. Fertilome Winterizer has a 10-0-14 analysis. It's formulated to convert quickly and easily into stored nutrition to feed your lawn throughout the harsh winter months. Fertilome Winterizer builds winter hardiness and, and stem strength and disease resistance into lawn. The nitrogen will be there to help it green up first in the spring and to keep it strong in the fall. It's just a great fertilizer. Safe on all types of lawns, of course. Just water it in after you apply it. And uh, it's a, a known fact that lawns that are well-fed in the fall survive the winter better and come out greener in the springtime. Fertilone winterizer for established lawns can be found at, now here it comes, here's the clue, independently owned garden centers, feed stores, and nurseries all around Texas. Ask for it by name. Fertilone winterizer lawn fertilizer. I'll have more after these messages. Love you folks. I love you folks. The lines are all filled right now. It, it pays to ask for mercy and I got mercy. Thank you. Three from Brazos County. Thank you. I see you, Bud Rudder. Thank you. And uh, Ron from Corpus Christi. However, they're in a little bit the reverse order. Paul in College Station goes first. Paul, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Calling about some magnolias, uh, little gems and some bigger magnolias and I've got some few plants like this, trees, bushes, that some bushes will just boom and do real good, and then other ones close to them just won't do so good. My magnolias, the little gems are about four or five years old, and for the last two years, the leaves have been falling off and turning black. They're still alive, but they just look real poor. Um, I'm my first inclination, Paul, is absolutely and totally uh, tied in to the, the temperatures and the, the rainfall, the water, the irrigation, the drought. Um, how are these getting watered? 
on the little gyms, they are getting drip lines in the beds. The All big right. magnolia, that it's about two years old. Uh, I use irrigation sprinklers around it. Um, let me tell you what I what I recommend. I I think I'm pretty close on my answer. Um, I I can't guarantee it without seeing the trees. But magnolias need a lot of water. They have a lot of surface area on the leaves. They're native to. Of course, these are improved varieties, but. But Magnolia grandiflora is native to the southern United States and, and, and to a degree to the lower parts of the terrain uh, where there's a good bit of moisture. Uh, what I've observed in the last two years, the ones that are, are not really kept wet, or not, not sopping wet, but given extra water, have really struggled. That's true in my landscape. I have uh, three or four magnolias, and one in particular has has not gotten as much water. Has really, it's lost half its leaves. It's still alive. I, I'm I'm paying extra attention to it now that I've realized that. So anyway, the 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 gist of it is, uh, drip irrigation with a, a tree that's only two years in your landscape probably isn't enough water. It's not going to get down uh, and saturate the soil enough. My, the stance that I've taken on new plants for the first two or three years that we have them in the landscape is that we need to water them by hand using a bubbler, not, not a bubbler attachment of a, of a, a drip system, but, but a water bubbler. It's a thing that's the size of your fist. It goes on the end of the hose, and you can turn the hose on full blast, and it won't wash at all. It, it breaks that flow, so it just bubbles out the end, and, and you can fill a a water reservoir uh, around the, the trunk of the tree in 30 seconds and, and put 15 or 20 gallons of water around that tree in half a minute. Uh, that works out beautifully and that's how I water my new plants for the first two or three years that I have them. If it's a bigger tree and the water reservoir is larger then I may let it run for a minute or two but I really give them a lot of water and I'll do that every two or three days when it's 95 or 100 degrees. I think that might have helped that tree since you said two years. Um, on the little gem, since they're five years old, um, it wouldn't hurt to do some other way of watering than the, the drippers. Um, I, you know, the longer I see drip irrigation around trees and in beds, the less enamored I am with it. I look at commercial landscapes and where they've used drip irrigation. A lot of times I'm just looking at the drip irrigation. The plants are gone. They've been taken out because they're dead. And uh, it's not always the case, but it surely is a lot of times. I check the moisture, uh, and, it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the moisture. I'll dig into the soil, and it seems to be very wet. It's, it's almost like, okay. you know, it's not, it's not running off or anything. But I, I do check the moisture in All it. I can, now the leaves, the leaves turning black. Is that because of water? Uh, if it's moisture, it would be uh, uh, browning or black around the edge of the leaf, and then it might engulf the entire leaf pretty quickly. The whole leaf would turn. Usually, with moisture stress in in magnolias, they turn kind of a milk chocolate brown. Uh, black, I don't recall seeing black very often. Uh, yeah, just a, I, a dark. I'm not going to be able. To, Beg your pardon. Yeah, they turn dark. I, I can't say they turn yeah. solid black, but but okay. it starts on the tip well, of the leaves and works back. I can't. 
you know, I could talk the rest of the program and I would not be able to get feel comfortable about my answer. But I've seen no insect or disease problems on magnolias, all that I have seen in the last two years. Uh, well, that's my next question because we've, we've got a big, big problem down here in Brazos County with worms, all kinds of different types of worms. No. Grasshoppers. No, no, no but I just like no leaves. Yeah. And hollies, would would that be kind of the same with the the magnolias? Yeah, all over my landscape, and the only thing that's bothered them, I have one holly at the end of a bed where the sprinkler head just is not the right head for that spot, and I lost that holly. I've got to take it out and either replace it or yeah, slightly I'll, change I'll have the one holly beautiful of the, of the bed. I'm sorry, I, I hadn't quite that's finished. That's all right. I, just, I have one holly that'll be beautiful. The one next to it will be dead. Just got to be more so, yeah. all right yeah. thank you very much got to be yeah there's so many of them i've heard this uh, this year let me go to uh, let me get a break out of the way bob in college station has a holly question it will help me bob if you know what the holly is that will be a, a big head start i know college station very well i'll sure try to help you i'm going to do a very short version of my book ad and this would be for neil spray's lone star gardening folks i have it on sale uh, and I'm keeping it on sale for a uh, for a period of time. I, I have need to uh, to to raise some funds, and I'll explain those probably next week. Uh, but uh, it's thirty four ninety five. It uh, is a markdown on purpose, and uh, and I will pass that savings on to you. It's a hardback, three hundred forty four pages, eight hundred forty of my photographs printed in Texas. Eleven chapters, high quality paper, and uh, I think you will find it to be the most useful tool you have in gardening. Chapter two is that, uh, is that calendar, 48 pages that tell you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of the plants in your landscape and garden. It, uh, it really will keep you on track of everything you're trying to do. Your satisfaction with this book is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. 82,000 copies sold to date. Not one request for refund. Makes a great Christmas or birthday gift or whatever you'd like to do. And uh, there are two ways you can order it. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. The two ways are order it from my website or call my office. The office phone number, weekdays only, uh, business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way to order it is to uh, go to my website right now. It's always open. That's neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. So much better than the old cowboy boot book. Satisfaction guaranteed. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. We go back to our phone lines. Bob in College Station. This is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Bob. He will Good morning. Now. I can hear it in the background. Bob, turn your can radio you hear down, me? if you will, please. I hear you. Okay. Uh, the other day I was speaking with somebody about landscaping and he referred to a Neil Sperry Holly. Do you have one named after you? <laughs> no, no, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, I was just wondering. I thought I'd call and ask you. Thanks. Bob, that might have been Nellie R. Stevens Holly because that is my favorite plant. I've, I've uh, 
been willing to admit that many times over the years, and they might have associated it that way and might have casually referred to it that way. Nellie R. Stevens, Holly, is such yeah. a wonderful shrub. But no, yeah. not name for me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Right. Have Bye. a great day. Thank you, sir. Let's go to mm-hmm. Ron in Corpus Christi. Ron, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. I've got yes, some, I'm re-landscaping a bed, and I've got some giant liriope, liriope, whatever you, whatever you call it, that is, mm-hmm. it's really, it's too close to the edge. It, it truly is pretty giant. It's gotten up to about three feet tall. It's covering the sprinkler heads, and it's just, it doesn't look attractive. I wanted to move it a little further back. These beds are about uh, 10, 12 feet wide. I've got some uh, variegated ginger growing. I was going to kind of, you know, nuzzle it up against the ginger in that area. And what what success would I have if I diced it up right now? And these plants are pretty good size. If I diced them up and moved them, is it just crazy? Okay. Is it just gonna, am I going to lose them? Or oh no, you won't lose them. Um, your uh, phone garbled a little bit, and I'm wondering if it's if it's our caller's phones or if it might be something in. in I, the I may have pulled away a little bit. Know. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, but it's no problem. Um, liriope and and the other relatives, uh, regular liriope, regular mondo grass, all are easily uh, dug and divided. And the farther you go in, and I'm, folks, other folks, I'm talking to Corpus Christi, so things move back in time a little bit in deep South Texas. Uh, the best time to do that probably would be first uh, of November, anytime in November. Uh, for the rest of us mere mortals who live in colder parts of Texas, the best time to do it would be right now. Uh, and, okay, and you good, won't hurt good. to do it right. You wouldn't hurt to do it right now. You will want to trim a lot of that foliage uh, off, maybe half of it off, and uh, just to so it's not so ratty looking after you transplant it. But that's how it's Excellent. propagated. That, You'll do fine. That, yep, that was my next question. And of course, I know you in February, you cut them back hard you know, before the new growth emerges. Well, you may, I don't. I have, I have giant liriope myself. It doesn't get as tall in North Texas. Um, and it's a little more winter tender. I have to be a little bit, I have to be ready to uh, face the consequences if it gets really cold, but it's not, it's survived all of our winters, but I don't right, trim right. mine. Uh, I, I will trim it if it freezes, but I don't trim it as a routine matter. You gotcha, might want gotcha. to because it might keep it more manageable. I agree. I, I I agree with you, and it's and like I said, it's it's huge. So okay, good. That's that's man. That's good news. I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> You're on Thanks, track. Neil. You're on track. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. All right, Bud, you stay with me. I'm gonna do a quick break, and I'll come to you. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, Neil Spray's E Gardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes Thursday nights at six to your computer. Uh, There always are five stories. One of them is the plant of the week, a featured plant. One of them is gardening this weekend, where I outline the things that need to be done that weekend. Uh, One of the uh, five stories is always my Q&A section. That's a long thing because I answer your garden questions there. I spend most of a a day each week uh, getting that one ready and then a couple of other stories as well. eGardens is 
free and always has been free for the 19 and a half years. Actually, it's 19 and two and three fourths years now that we've been doing it. We'll have a 20 year anniversary here before long. So that's eGardens. If you want to see what it looks like, go where you sign up for it. You have to you have to subscribe to it, but it's free. And I'm not going to give or sell your email address to anybody. Nobody gets it. And I don't spam you myself. You're not going to get anything from me except eGardens. Go to my website, take a look at it. That's at neilsperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book. It's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Except in this case, you click on eGardens. You can see it there and you can sign up for it there. Neil Sperry's eGardens. Let me tell you about the certification program of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Look where you uh, shop where you see the name badges and the emblems of Texas certified and master certified nursery professionals. That'll be your assurance that you're getting the best in nursery help, professional help. These will be member uh, members of the uh, uh, Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, independent retail garden centers. That's the folks who are Texas certified and master certified nursery professionals. They've studied long and hard hours. They've passed difficult exams that really prove they know what they're doing. Again, shop where you see the, the banners and the name badges and the emblems of the Texas certified and master certified nursery professionals of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. More after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Podcast of this program on my website, neilsperry.com, Monday evening. I invite you always to enjoy those. Let's go to Bud in Bryan. Bud, this is Neil. Good morning. Always good to hear from you. Good to hear you, voice, Neil. I just wanted to call and thank say you. how much I appreciate your Thursday newsletter or whatever you call it. Well, thank you, sir. I love doing it. And I wanted to relate that most folks just don't like civilization. <laughs> I lost two two <laughs> huge ones us. this summer. I mean, they were really, really 30-inch-plus trunks. And uh, mm. there were four others on my street in uh, Bryan that also died. And, you know, it's, it's just a wasteful tree. Uh, my two that died were on a creek behind my house so I, and it continued running through all the dry weather because people's runoff the yards runs into the creek pretty much so it was always oh wet next to the trees but they didn't like civilization well and bud they also uh they also don't give any warning of when they're about to die they just they just suddenly oh you're die. right <laughs> a lot of trees a lot of trees wind it on down you can tell that they're in decline and then they just uh, eventually give out. But in the case of post oaks, they look good one year, and then the next year they're gone. Yeah. Well, my one question is, I've got one big post oak left, and it's the biggest one, and it's right up against my patio, which is covered by a roof extension, and it has begun shedding dead leaves. But you look up at it, and it looks green still. Is it about to die? Not necessarily. It's so late in a in a rough year that uh, things are are dropping leaves early anyway. That's a fairly normal. Uh, I didn't know if I the leaves should be falling that. after a freeze or a frost, or if they just do that. 
No, no, no. No, they're falling on normal schedule. Monitor it in the spring and see how well it leaves out in the spring. You'll have plenty of warning, I think, in that in that case. I think you'll be fine. No, I, I wouldn't worry about what's happening now. Okay, well, good. I was about to have it removed because it, it's expensive now. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't give it the axe yet. Hey, I better I'll run. Leave it hey, alone. Always good to hear from you, bud. Take care, my friend. Good to hear from you. To Mark in Roundtop about controlling weeds in a Bermuda lawn, I have so much of that information for you, ready for you, at neilsperry.com in my Frequently Asked Questions. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Happy gardening.